0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio six thirty WLAB, the home of the cats, right here in Lexington. Kyle Tucker has the night off tonight. I always just wanted to say that I see that sometimes at like the top of newscasts when it's holiday or something. So I, I just wanted to do it right there to see what it felt like to be a professional news anchor as opposed to just a podcast host. So I'm rolling solo tonight, uh, but we still got a lot of stuff to talk about, guys. Got to clean up a couple things from the Florida game that we didn't discuss. John Calipari had an eventful coach's show tonight. We'll share some of his comments. Joel Justice spoke to the media as well. He had some interesting things to say about Kentucky and the little things they were doing. We got to preview the South Carolina game a little bit. Cash Daniel, got a chance to talk to him on the other show I do, Big Blue Insider. And we're going to play you that Super Bowl commercial so you can hear it as well. And Tyler Hero did something that was rather impressive, apparently, in practice. This edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline Chili. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. All right, let's start off this show with kind of a little bit mini recap of the John Calipari call-in show. Sometimes those are uneventful. Sometimes they are rather eventful. The Monday edition of the show was... Probably on the more eventful side, nothing news-breaking, really, necessarily. You know, every once in a while, Kyle break a little. Cal will break a little news there. Not so much, but there was some fun moments, and, it, you know, he gets a little bit... John Calipari gets a little bit more loose on these coaches' shows than he does in the press conference. He has a little bit more fun, gets a little bit more animated. He gets in front of the stream that UK Sports Network has, and... Oh no, he, he's fun. You can see some of the. I've retweeted some of the videos they put out. and actually made a couple of gifs of the things he said. And g- going back to the Florida game, he actually pointed something out that we didn't mention a ton. We mentioned Jamal Baker's shots rimming out. Well, Tyler Hero had one bounce around and then go down. And early on in the season, and Calipari has mentioned this a couple times. He got. He seems to be a little bit perturbed at the fact. That after the Seton Hall game, he told his players that just treat that as a win. Act like that, that sh- those shots didn't go in. Act like we we won that game. That got out um, via a player who was- released that info in an interview. And people got a little bit upset. And since then, he's flipped that on his head. Talked about it after the Auburn game. He Told his team to just take that as a loss. Because it could have been. And he told them something similar. After the Florida game, and that was based off of Tyler Hero's shot, which he kind of seemed to think was pretty lucky.
1: After the last game, I just told him, Did you see Tyler's shot that rolled around the layup? That it rolled around the rim three times. And you said, Oh, he missed it because it, you saw it start to come out. And then it went in. How'd it go in?
0: Now obviously the story of this season isn't going to be able to be told without the fact that the Bahamas are part of it. It was the start of the season. Everybody got super hyped about it when you're covering this program. I mean it was on ESPN or SEC Network or whatever it was. is some of the only summer sports programming outside of baseball. So tons of people were tuning in. Tons of people were super impressed. And Calipari has seen some fault in that mainly because he said they weren't playing great defense in the Bahamas. And that continued into the Um, rest of the preseason before they faced Duke and then Duke obviously kind of all came to a head and Kentucky got blown out Um, but he's to be honest he might just be done with you guys mentioning the Bahamas
1: that's why I was never worried and you know well you know the Bahamas the Bahamas the Bahamas the Bahamas stop on the Bahamas already
0: and then the the last little clip I'll, I'll play for you here and you know it's it's classic coaches show moment guys a guy called in, the one and only Cliff from Madisonville. And his initial question was about Zan Payne, that's Kenny Payne's son, who is currently a walk-on and currently redshirting. He was asking a little update on him, what's going on. And then the conversation turned a little bit, and I was mentioning how I tweeted out a GIF of Calipari from his coach's show. This was the reaction, the gift that I sent out, it was a reaction to this call. So you can check my timeline at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, and, and check out the reaction of John Calipari. But just hearing the story is, is something.
1: Yeah, he's been and a... And I have a, is, another thing for you, Cal. Yeah. I have a prosthetic UK eye, and I put it in, man, and watch the games, and I go, of course, go to town with it and everything. and I hear a lot about it. Everybody says, you ought to call Coach Cal and tell him about it. Wow. Yeah, I did it, man. Unbelievable. Uh, I've had it like three and a half years. And I, wow. But uh, wow. I'm a big U.K. fan, buddy. Uh, I can, tell. I call, can tell. It's my first call. I can tell. First time I've called, I've been a fan since like 69. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Uh,
0: okay. Thank you, Cliff. I Thanks.
1: I I, I I turn the radio, TV down every game and listen to Tom Leach, buddy. Wow. God bless <laughs> you. 14, I know. I know. All right. Y'all Thanks, have a Cliff. good one. Good to talk to right. you Thank off. you, Cliff. Keep it up, Cal. Keep the good work up, buddy. Thank you.
0: Now the the only thing left to mention on that the coaches show is and this is actually I talked about how they're not necessarily news breaking quote unquote, but there is a little interesting factoid that Calipari dropped. Apparently Tyler Hero hit ninety five threes in the five minute shooting drill that the team does. It sounded like they had modified it a little bit. The way Calipari described it is they had assistant coach Tony Barbie standing right beside Hero and basically just shoveling him basketballs as quick as he can. So they do the five-minute three-point shooting drills, and I guess most instances it's maybe just a rebounder under the basket or something along those lines. He said uh, prior to this year, the best of his recollection, Kyle Wilcher had held the record, and it was 70-something last week or a couple practices ago, Tyler Hero hit 83. And then today, he hit 95. Calipari estimated that was out of about 100 attempts. And uh, I mean, if it's 100 attempts and he hits 95, let me hold on. I got to get a calculator real quick. That's 95% three point percentage. Now, I know that's practice and da 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 da. And you can take all that things, such, 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 such. such. But. Uh, that's impressive. And we know Tyler here can shoot, but if he's doing that, maybe he's going to come out and have a breakout one where he hits, what, four or five threes in a game, has a monster game. So keep an eye on that going forward. Coming up next, we are going to wrap up uh, the Florida game. One note that we didn't get to, and then Calipari actually mentioned it on his teleconference today. Plus, interesting comments from Joel Justice. Before we get into that, I do need to tell you guys about Skyline Chili. My go-to order is just a couple cheese conies. I do like the hot sauce. I think that it kind of takes it up a notch. Is that a Guy Fieri thing or Emerald Gossi? I don't know. But if I was a celebrity chef, here's what I would do. I would just go buy some Skylines and then act like it was my food and I wouldn't tell anybody and everybody would be fooled because it is that delicious. It's like gourmet stuff but you get it in like a fast friendly environment and everybody's super awesome. If you go in inside, they set you up with the oyster crackers. I told I taught Kyle how to properly eat those. You put a little hot sauce on the oyster crackers and boom, you got a little hors d'oeuvre. Or if you're in a hurry, want to get home, just pull through the drive-through, get you some conies and get on home. Skyline's great wherever you are. The one in Lexington is fantastic and if you're lis- listening to us in any part of the Northern Kentucky And if you're listening to us in any part of northern Kentucky or Cincinnati, go check out your local skyline. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The one player that we didn't mention after the Florida game that had a pretty good game and some pretty important shots was Keldon Johnson. He finished the game with 10 points and 8 rebounds, solid stat night. But he was 4-for-13 from the field. Not great shooting, but from deep, he was 2-for-5, which is impressive. And John Calipari spoke on the SEC teleconference today. And what I found fascinating is he's going to read kind of this long quote from Calipari and and stick with me because I'm not going to try to do an impersonation. But this is all Cal here, and it's about Keldon Johnson. And when you watch him play, and if you think about him playing through this quote a lot of kind of maybe the lack of consistency from Johnson makes a little bit more sense. So here's what Calipari had to say um, about Kelden Johnson's defense kind of not being up to par with what a lot of people, I think, thought it was going to be when he was coming to school. Um, he says, probably just feeling pressed about individual performance and then you just focus on your guy and your area and what's happening with you. It just takes time for them to understand and trust that when you lose yourself in the team, it makes you even better. When you lose yourself and you become a willing passer, are you ready? You score more. I don't know why, if it's karma or whatever the heck it is, but when you're worried about yourself, life is lonely. In the game of basketball, when you're totally worried about yourself, it's hard for anyone to help you get better, to make easy plays for you and you make the game difficult for other people. Now that being said, he's made unbelievable strides, and he's getting better game to game. And he's got a great attitude, and he knows where he's got to get better. So that's why I feel good about what we've been able to do defensively. That was all about Keldon Johnson. And uh, the crazy thing is, I think, and I should have had this pulled up, but I believe he's still the leading scorer, which is just kind of silly to think about. You know, you have all these kind of complaints about him, and the coaching staffs have been kind of open that when Keldon and, and Ashton Higgins do a certain ascent, when they're off the ball, their defense lacks a little bit. They have all the tools, and you see it when they're guarding their man and the man has the ball. They, they're really adept at that. But when they're off the ball, things get a little bit dicey. So that's something to keep an eye on, and if Keldon Johnson continue to progress on that, he can become an even better player which is kind of crazy to think about because, honestly, he's hit a ton of big shots. Joel Justice also talked to the media in person did a little press conference today. Uh, my, my question to him, and I want to thank Joel for taking my question, and I was kind of stumbling over the words because I didn't know the best way to phrase it. What I was trying to get at is Kentucky's making a lot of the little plays now. Mike White mentioned it after the game. John Calipari did as well. We talked about it on the podcast after the Florida game. You know, the EJ Montgomery rebounds, the Emmanuel quickly rebound at the end of the game, uh, P.J. Washington getting behind the defense, getting that dunk. Early on in the season, they were talking a lot about the little plays going the other way. And for the most part, um, now they're starting to get flipped on their head. And, you know, Joel Justice just kind of summed that up uh, to experience. He said, they maybe didn't make us pay but now you look at EJ's effort play that he makes and gets the rebound, and we ultimately get a tip in. Emmanuel's big two-handed rebound. He had two of them, but one he got credit for, and then he got fouled and goes down and makes the front end of the 1-1. Now you're talking plays. You can start adding all those up and see that they make a major difference, especially in what we call winning time. And that was the thing. All those monster plays, they kind of came when Kentucky needed them the most. And down that stretch, Kentucky was dominant. They did all the little things. And that's what that's what kind of, I think, is a, a great sign of a good team, is the fact that, or maybe it was a good sign of a great team. Either one of those would probably work. But when you're making those little plays in important situations, you're obviously going to win a bunch of games. Now, you have to think about this. You can't just be trying to make those plays in the big situations. You have to make those plays all the time. And, you know, that's what we're talking about Keldon Johnson, off the ball defense, all those things need to kind of build and build and build off each other. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, PJ Washington and Reed Travis also spoke through the media today. Uh, you know, they, they were talking about a lot of things. One of the kind of common themes that everybody was talking about today was when did PJ Washington, the light come on for PJ Washington? Joel Justice was asked about that. And, you know, kind of summarizing the answer is basically as a progression, like most things. But when I got a chance to talk to PJ, and I'll mention it as I normally do, all these interviews that I did, the video interviews are on my timeline, at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, and they're also on BigBlueInsider.com, it's a show I do with Dick Gabriel, um, from 6 to 8 on WLAP. PJ said about, he said a couple weeks ago, he started winning the sprints and the drills and practice, and... That had been a common talking point to all the coaches and the players when they were bringing up PJ's progression. He's winning these drills and practice. He's winning these sprints. Kenny Payne a couple of weeks ago called him an Olympic sprinter, and these puzzle pieces are kind of fit together, and it makes a lot of sense when you just take a step back. Washington is giving max effort in practice now. I'm not saying he wasn't before. Maybe he's started to condition a little bit more on time. I don't. You know, know all the answers to these questions. But whatever it was, he's now winning in practice. And what does that lead to? Winning in games. Dominating in games. So that's, it's kind of as simple as that. And, you know, I hate to, you know, necessarily dumb it down, quote unquote. But that makes sense. He did that, and he's winning in practice. And then when you kind of step that forward, and Calipari and Joel Justice both were talking about this today, leadership, that was another thing. PJ Washington being able to take that leadership role. Everybody saw him getting a team together. And uh, another, I'm going to throw out another nickname idea that our, my buddy Derek Terry kind of judged me. He's at the Cats Balls uh, talking about. He said, "Uh, when PJ Washington got the team together, he goes, he was in there and he rallied the troops. And my mind flipped for whatever reason. And General Washington, how about that one? If you don't like, Pure Jumper Washington, which is my A-number-one nickname. You can also take General Washington. And In all honesty, I do want to say one more. There was one other nickname, and I think it was a Nick Richards tweet, and I think this was um, this is the nickname he gave, he gave PJ after he had a couple threes in one of the games. He called him a P-shooter. That's kind of funny, too. PJ Washington. Eventually, we'll get this nickname thing down. I know Kentucky fans love nicknames. Anyway... Back to the point of what I was trying to make about PJ Washington, it's the a progression. There isn't necessarily a light switch. Maybe it's a dimmer switch, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of slowly turning that dimmer switch, and then you realize, hey, it's really bright in here. That's what happens with PJ Washington. He starts to. Pro- I'm sh- just kind of thinking this through in the progression. He starts to finish faster in these, better in these sprints, better in these drills. Then all of a sudden, he's winning them. Then he's getting better in the games, and because he's winning in practice and dominating in games, his teammates are looking to him for leadership, and he's able to feel like he can do that. And then you see in the Florida game when he gets those guys together and he gets them going, and then Kentucky makes that run. That's what you want to see from a guy who is a sophomore, but in theory is probably a veteran leader on this team. All right, uh, coming up in the last segment, I got a fun one, guys. Cash Daniel, everybody knows Cash Daniel. He's super fun. He was the star of the Super Bowl commercial for UK football, which they do annually. Dick Gabriel and I on the statewide edition of the Big Blue Insider, we got a chance to talk to him. We got a click clip from that. Also, we'll play you the commercial if you hadn't seen it. And if you have, and in all honesty, you know, I often I send out my tweet every morning, Make Locked on Kentucky Your Morning Show. Well, if you have made Locked on Kentucky your morning show, and I'm going to play you this Cash Daniel audio, you're going to be pumped. You're going to be ready to go attack the day. So coming up next, a little Cash Daniel breakdown, and we'll wrap with the South Carolina preview. This is Locked on Kentucky, your team every day. Here we go, guys. I'm just going to throw it out there. Here is that audio from the UK football Super Bowl commercial. It's hard to get there it's even harder to stay there. So tell me,
1: how are we going to handle success? How are we going to reach the next level? How are we going to make history again? We already know what others are going to say. Yeah. They can't keep this up. They'll take a step back. It was special. Now it's done. Well, they're right about two things. It was special. It is done. But we're not. So what are you going to bring to the table? How do you replace legends? You become one. You become one. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go. What's next?
0: What's next? What's What's next? Whoa, that makes you want to just get the day going, guys. So. We got to talk to Cash Daniel, Dick Gabriel and I. You all know this. He's a fantastic interview. And so, you know, we started out just talking about the hes talking about the commercial and the experience a little bit, and then it gets into some other things, and I'll just let Cash talk.
1: I mean, we already know that we have the best fan base, you know, in the country, no matter what sport it is, like football, basketball, baseball, you know, women's basketball, you name it, we got the best fans in the nation. So just to see them you know, down there packed out, you know, in Kentucky Blue down there supporting us in Orlando, you know, and if, it almost felt like a home game almost, you know, when we'd make yeah. big plays and we hear the, the, roar, the roar of the crowd. It almost felt like we was back in Commonwealth. So, or Kroger, I'd say, my bad, right. Kentucky kid coming of me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was unbelievable. And, you know, and when we shot this commercial and they told me the idea of what they were going to do with it, you know, I was so excited about it because I know how much our fans care about you know, Kentucky athletics and how much they care about everything that goes into it, even if it's just a commercial, you know, of how passionate they are. The videos that I got, you know, on Twitter and Instagram, you know, it just brought a smile on my face. You know, I got, you know, little kids you yeah. know, jumping up and down in front of the TV. I got, you know, you know 50-year-old men jumping up and down in front of the TV. It doesn't matter, you know, like like when the uh, in the UGA promo we cut. It doesn't matter what, how old you are. You know, you got this passion about you that Kentucky fans will always have, and, you know, it's something that we'll always cherish as athletes, that we have the best fans behind us. I have to admit, I rolled it back and watched it again as much for the production values, being a TV guy, as just the fact that I, I thought it was so well-written, well-delivered by you, and, you know, the fact that uh, you were surrounded by your teammates. Instead of, you know, it could have been you screaming into a camera, what did it mean to you you were surrounded by your teammates? And you could hear them saying, yeah, or whatever, that kind of stuff. That, that's that's what made it, you know. That's what made it special was that I get to get there and I get to be sharing to them at that moment with my teammates. It wasn't it like you said, if it was just me uh, in front of the camera, I wouldn't have had as much fun with it. I don't think I wouldn't have had, you know, that that kind of delivery that I brought to it because at that moment I felt like I was talking to my teammates. You know, those are the most important guys, you know, in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, those are my brothers, and I care so much about them. Just to be able to, to share every little moment, on and off, the field with them. You know, it was great. And now now that we did that, we can all get together, you know. Some of you down the road, I'll say, hey, remember when we shot that commercial, we wouldn't stop jacking around for 15 minutes. We had to tell Stenberg to shut up 25 times, you know, or something like that. You know, and that, that's what it's all about. Instead of me thinking to myself, hey, remember when I shot that commercial, and it really wasn't that good because I didn't have anybody around me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was just great, you know, just to share it with everybody.
0: Along those lines, you know, your Twitter profile picture right now is you on the floor at Rupp, kind of pumping up the crowd at halftime a couple games ago. What was that like for you? I mean, obviously you have a lot of eyes on you when you're in the stadium playing uh, football, uh, but to kind of have that moment where everybody's looking at you and you got a microphone in your hand, what was that like?
1: Man, it was just like I was cutting my first WWE program, man. What do you mean? <laughs> it was like I was out there, you know, with fifteen thousand people screaming, "Hell yeah!" That was awesome. That was the highlight of my year, right there. <laughs> I mean, I've all, I mean, I've, I've seen Stone Cold do that uh, so many times, you know, at Ruff Arena the, back in the nineties and stuff. And just to hear twenty thousand people scream, "Hell yeah!" with me was it was it was a moment that I'll never forget. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable.
0: There's Cash Daniel, guys, ladies and gentlemen. To hear the full interview, you can go... I'll tell you what I su- would suggest you do since you're already in your podcast player. Go ahead and go to that search bar. Type in Big Blue Insider and subscribe and then you'll get the the most recent episode is that and we also talked to Derek Terry of the Catspaws about the Florida basketball game who I mentioned earlier coming up, helping me come up with the nickname General Washington. So go ahead and subscribe to that podcast and you can listen and interact live with that show weeknights 6 to 8 p.m. when there isn't a coach's show or a basketball game. All right, let's wrap this show with a little bit of a preview for South Carolina cuz that is the game that Kentucky is about to play. South Carolina, as we nicknamed them last week, I believe, the South Carolina Lazaruses or Lazarai, I don't know what the plural is, cuz they are back from the dead guys. They have got their record to 11 and 10 above 500, when they started conference play. They were a measly 5-7, and seven, but they won at Florida. They defeated Mississippi State, took down Missouri, won at Vandy, have losses against Tennessee and at LSU. Not bad losses there. And they also beat Auburn. Their most recent game was a win over Georgia. Most people know the guy to watch out for is Chris Silva. He just does everything for them and 14 points he's our leading rebounder he's got seven uh 14 points 7 rebounds averages and assists almost about a 0.7 steal so he can get a steal a game also and also got gets two blocks per game so he's just all over the place but here's a secondary guy to keep an eye on AJ Lawson he is a freshman point guard there's a lot of those in the SEC this season he's been super talented and uh I got a chance to see him on the AAU circuit Kentucky, I think, showed a little bit of interest. He's a Canadian guard and uh, he's been really, really solid this season. I mean, super impressive, 13 point two points, four point three rebounds and two point six assists on the season in his most in the most recent game against Georgia. Let's see he had 19 points, seven rebounds, two assists, only one turnover. I Listen, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't seen a ton of South Carolina this season, but I will venture to guess that this turnaround they have had in conference play is probably in large part to A.J. Lawson kind of getting the full reins to this team. And obviously, Frank Martin is a heck of a coach, what he's been able to do. You know, Final four at South Carolina, a team that doesn't normally do that, doesn't have a ton of basketball tradition. John Calipari and Joel Justice, when they were asked about the the team, they talked about South Carolina's kind of gritty, hard-nosed defense, so it's going to be one of those kind of games. But from what I've seen, the Kentucky offense recently, I think that they'll be prepared for it. I think Kentucky will ultimately get the win, and you know, they'll will probably be a big game uh, from somebody, because there normally is for Kentucky. They have a ton of options. Let's see, who will my I'll throw out a game, MVP. How about, uh, we talked about him, Keldon Johnson. Why not Keldon Johnson? He's, he's, he's due. He's been listening to some people giving him a little bit of criticism, his coaching staff in particular, but I think he'll be able to take it in a positive and get better, and he's going to have a monster game. So, there we go. All right. uh, thank you all for listening to this edition of Locked on Kentucky. Thanks to Skyline for sponsoring the show. You can follow along with me. I'll be at the game. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Read all his work on the Athletic I mentioned earlier, you can check out the video interviews with Joel Justice, PJ Washington, and Reed Travis at BigBlueInsider.com. You can also find the links to the podcast of Big Blue Insider. That's where we got that Cash Daniel interview. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Oh, almost forgot—we have a very important review from UK Big Daddy on the iTunes review. He said Curtis and Kyle give great behind-the-scenes information. So we do here on the call screener on that John Calipari show so if you want to know all the secrets I got them there's not actually that many secrets but that makes me sound cool all right guys thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you soon you are locked on kentucky available on apple podcasts google podcasts or tell alexa or google to play podcast locked on don't worry i won't finish you get the idea
1: That's why I was never worried. And, you know, well, you know, the Bahamas, the Bahamas, the Bahamas, the Bahamas, stop on the Bahamas already.